0: Ever snore so loud it registered as an earthquake, or you woke up with a throat as dry as the Sahara Desert and a headache that could stop a locomotive? Well, I've had all of these because I have sleep apnea. Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. Yep. I wear a machine plugged into a wall attached to a hose every night. Sound Sleep Medical changed all of this for me, and they can do that for you. They specialize in providing oral appliance therapy for individuals suffering from sleep disorders. In many cases, oral appliances have proven to be as effective as CPAP machines in treating sleep apnea, the lack of sleep is a serious health risk and has been linked to heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and even depression. The oral appliance I got from Sound Sleep Medical has freed me from a hose. I can go anywhere, and I've never slept better. Call Sound Sleep Medical today. Seriously, for a limited time, the first 25 people that call get a free consultation worth 200 bucks. Call 801-783-5451. It's 801-783-5451.
1: Hello, I'm Jim Bennett.
2: I'm Abby Bennett.
1: And this is Dinner Table Politics. And there are a lot of interesting conversations now happening around the Trump Dinner Table. First
2: of all, I think we need to acknowledge that um, Bill and Chelsea Clinton stole our idea.
1: Oh, that's true. For a
2: father-daughter political podcast. So I just want to say that wasn't cool. And I demand 10% of all of your profits. Bill, if you're listening...
1: (laughs) What, if Chelsea's listing? she doesn't have to give you 10%?
2: No, I want the money straight out of Bill's pocket.
1: Oh, okay. He probably has more of it than she does.
2: I want to take it right from his hands.
1: Well, good luck with that. Well, if you wanted to take money from President Trump's hands, you best do it after 1994 because his tax returns were finally released. Not really released, but the New York Times somehow got a hold of them.
2: It wasn't the tax returns specifically, though, right? It was like... It was like um, IRS tax Printouts? printout. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, it wasn't the. It was all of the information though that is in the tax return. Do
2: we know how the New York Times got? Because this is this, this is all broken by like the news is broken by the New York Times. Correct. Do we know how they got it?
1: No, they will not reveal their Ooh, sources.
2: Ooh, spooky. And Trump's. It co- was me.
1: It was you. It wasn't. Me. How did you get a hold of them?
2: The internet. All right. Googled a lot.
1: You Googled. So you were smarter than anybody at the New York Times and just Googled really hard.
2: You know, I'm always like shocked with like, I like will watch, have you heard of the show Catfish? Catfished?
1: Uh Uh-uh. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where.
2: I'm always like, just Google it. Like just do a reverse Google image search of the person's picture because it's people that try and like pretend to be other people and catfish people, you know. Yeah. I don't know what that's doing, but I don't know. Sometimes I do feel like an internet whiz. Compared to other people when I'm like watching TV and stuff. I'm like, this could so easily be handled by a simple search.
1: Well. Anywho. Anywho. I didn't
2: get the tax returns. You though.
1: didn't get the tax returns. All right. So he, the tax returns demonstrated that at one point he lost more money in a single year than any other person in the United States.
2: It's, it, it was funny. I read that thing, too. Um, this was all happening like he was losing tons and tons of money. At the same time, he was releasing the art of the deal.
1: Right. Right. He was trying to say he was the greatest businessman of all time. And at the time, he was the least successful businessman of all time.
2: I, what, I don't understand. Does he have a brain? Is he specifically a liar or is he just so dumb? Uh, I don't
1: know. A little from column A, a little from column B. Uh, you know, it's interesting because one of the most fascinating articles that I read during the campaign was the guy who actually wrote The Art of the Deal. Donald Trump did not write that
2: book. Right, right,
1: right. I, I'm wondering whether or not Donald Trump has actually read that book. because Maybe he should. He, maybe he should. Because
2: then it might make him a better businessman.
1: But the guy who wrote the book said that he would sit down with Donald Trump and try to get him to explain or just, just to interview him, get him to start talking and get him to say stuff that he could use in the book. And Trump's attention span was just so non-existent that he couldn't sit still for more than 30 seconds at a time. And so this guy said that the only way he could get any information was to essentially bug all of Donald Trump's phone calls and sit there and listen in in every single one of his conversations. And that's where the book came from. But I'm really actually doubtful as to whether he's actually read the book, let alone written it. So that's probably neither here nor there. If someone
2: bugged all of my phone calls, it would be phone calls to my mom... And then me picking up spam phone calls and being like, take my number off of your call list. Oh. And that's it.
1: Well, that's good. Those but, are the only people I call. So what would you call that book? The Art of the Spam Call?
2: The Art of Ban Robo Calls Forever that are ruining my life, and I hate them so much.
1: I agree with that.
2: I have like 400 numbers on my blocked calls list. and It doesn't make a lick of difference.
1: So every time you get a, a call like that, do you uh, do you put it on a blocked call list? I
2: block it, yeah, immediately. But it doesn't matter. Like, they have... I, I keep stuff. getting it
1: from that woman who's like hello how are you i'm your friend from something something and it's you
2: know, yeah different numbers they, they just generate new numbers and call you with the same recording well anyways
1: anyway the the idea that donald trump was not a successful businessman is not a new one and i don't know that anybody's particularly surprised by these tax returns
2: yeah i wasn't
1: uh, but it, it's just another blow disappointed
2: to the, and not surprised. My expectations were already so low.
1: Well, that's exactly right. Is that everybody already expected this. So I don't think this is going to do any damage the, to him. If
2: they had been amazing, he would have released them ages ago.
1: That is correct. I absolutely agree with that.
2: What did he tweet? Um, his, his justification
1: for not releasing for, for, his tax returns. For not,
2: yeah. And for not, well, for not paying income tax.
1: Oh well he says that for real estate losses it's it's better to have losses because you don't have to pay taxes. And he says these weren't real losses. were these weren't monetary losses. These were these were just losses on paper. And I uh, you know, it's he he said it was sport is the word he used to describe it. But it's it's a sport to hide your
2: It's your- a sport to not pay one cent to be to be an ultra millionaire. I just can't wrap my head around that. To be an ultra millionaire and not contribute any money to uh, what does income tax income tax pay specifically? It
1: like, pays for the entire federal government.
2: Like yeah, like roads and firemen and police stations. Ah, that just blows. I'm I'm I think I'm turning into a communist. Honestly, well, eat the rich. I'm sick of this.
1: Federal income taxes don't pay for fire stations. Just so you know.
2: Okay. Well, I I still anyway, want to eat the rich.
1: You still want to eat the rich. Well, you are not alone. There are a number of people that have the same kind of feelings that you do. But what's interesting, I want to actually have a discussion here about what kinds of conversations are appropriate to be able to have in public, particularly on social media.
2: What? What does that have to do with any of this?
1: Well, the, ju- just as this was all happening, Facebook and Instagram... Have both banned Alex Jones?
2: Oh, good. And, and, well, no, Twitter banned him ages ago.
1: Twitter banned him ages ago, but they also banned Laura Loomer. Do you know who she is?
2: No, but her name is funny.
1: She's a she's a young uh, alt right. Laura conserv-
2: Loomer, Laura Loomer, Laura Loomer. Lo, lo. Say that ten times fast. You can't.
1: Oh well, Laura Loomer, Loomer. Lo, yeah, that is hard to say. <laughs> well, she's only twenty five years old. Um, she's a young alt right sort of conspiracy theorist along the lines of Alex Jones. She's appeared on InfoWars a number of times. Uh. And she's just recently been banned. And she says that her life is ruined. Does anybody understand how ruined my life is? I'm sick of it. I don't want to listen to people tell me that I'm a conspiracy theorist. They don't know what it's like to be me.
2: You know what else ruins people's life? What? Calling the Sandy Hook shooting fake, which Alex Jones did. Right. That kind of rhetoric should not be tolerated at all. Especially, with, like, from someone with a platform as big as InfoWars, I have no sympathy for that, for anyone that subscribes to that kind of crap at all.
1: Well, I agree with you. I agree with you that, that there's no room for it, there's no place for it, and yet the legal question... And yet, no, the legal question is one that I'm interested in that I want to talk to you about.
2: You are not You're not given the right to use Facebook. That's not... Facebook's not the government. They can, they can ban anyone they want. Okay. So I don't think there's—I don't think it's our place to discuss.
1: Uh, it's our place to discuss whether or not they should be banned.
2: Yeah. Well, it's—it's it's not. No one's guaranteed to a Facebook account. It's—it's. It's you don't like, have a First Amendment right to use. No, Facebook. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, I agree with you on that, and yet, um, it comes down to what the idea of a public accommodation is. And we go back to the baker in Colorado that got in trouble for not baking a cake for a gay wedding.
2: Okay.
1: If you go, So if you go into a baker and say, I'm going to have a gay wedding and I want you to bake me a cake, do you have a right to have them bake you a cake? Does the baker have a right to say, no, I won't bake that cake? Well, the because
2: Supreme Court case said, yeah, you have a right to say no, right? No, they, Supreme they favor the Supreme Court case said exactly. Well,
1: oh, oh, yes, they did. In a very narrow ruling because that particular case came out prior to gay marriage being legal. No it didn't. Well no, the case the case was prosecuted after gay marriage was legal. Okay, but the okay. event, the actual baking, the guy when they went in.
2: The actual making of the cake mix, putting it in the oven. Right. For, except it didn't get made.
1: So. It did it didn't get made. But the whole kerfuffle that led to the court case Uh, took place before gay marriage was legal and in the actual decision that'd
2: be a good name for a a really fluffy crazy cat kerfuffle yeah i'm gonna write that down in my note of possible dog and cat names in the future
1: okay well when we get back from our break i want to talk about why cakes and facebook aren't as far apart as they may seem at first glance you ready yep So the whole Colorado Baker case hinged on what constitutes a public accommodation, right? Uh, You have a civil right to be able to participate in a public accommodation. If you are running a grocery store, you cannot say this is a grocery store for whites only. You can't say this is a grocery store um, that doesn't allow Catholics to come shop here your religion your race and your sexual orientation at this point are things that are not allowed to be used against you to discriminate against you in a public accommodation so the question then becomes is facebook our social media sites are they public accommodations no why not
2: that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense because with the baker the whole thing was that they were asking like they were asking the baker to like make art for them kind of is how I understood the case a little bit. like they were he was making a product for them. he was like, providing a service. Right. Facebook isn't you're, you're, Facebook is just a place for you to that just that, that just isn't equal in my mind at all. I don't know why we're comparing the two.
1: Well, one person compared it to saying you're being banned from Facebook. It's a bit like saying you're being banned from using a telephone. No, because they don't like what you're saying in the conversation. No, that a telephone. That's so different. Why is that different?
2: A telephone is a conversation with one person. There's that. That's so dumb. Okay, a conference call.
1: What if you have a conference call? You can create digital conference calls. You can have Skype calls with hundreds of people at this point. There's technology to be able to do that. It can Skype say, "No, you can't use our service because we don't like what it is you're going to be talking about in the call."
2: That doesn't that's not the same either because Skype shouldn't be listening to your calls. Facebook is a public platform. Like that that doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Well, yet. everything I post on Facebook can only be seen by my friends, by the no. people I just dis- Twitter is is different. Twitter is actually quite public, but Facebook doesn't have to be public.
2: At the way that these people were using it was absolutely public.
1: That's true. So is that the line? So if you're doing something that has that is a public platform, that they have the right to be able to say, no, you can't do that.
2: Yeah, because a Skype platform, a, a Skype call—that's such a weird. I'm like getting so annoyed because that doesn't make any. Sense. I'm
1: sorry, I don't mean to be annoying you, but well, I think I,
2: I just think it's dumb to even debate like, oh, should we let like should we let people that are actively harming others, like use Facebook, no, if they're causing that big, if they're causing that kind of harm, then no, they shouldn't be allowed to. And there's other social media platforms too. Like there's, there's smaller ones or they could start their own. Right. Well, and
1: InfoWars essentially is its own social media platform. And uh, Laura Loomer and a few others have gone to a different platform. I'm, I'm trying to find out what it's called. But uh, there are a number of different places.
2: www.angrywhitewomen.com
1: I think that probably exists, but I don't know if it's a social media platform. But yes, there are places that they can go, and and there are things that they can do. But this whole idea of what constitutes a public accommodation, what is appropriate to be able to talk about in the public square, it's becoming more and more a pressing issue as these kinds of media are the way that we communicate. You know, it used to be that you would communicate in newsletters or you would communicate in things that were very clearly targeted specifically to your own audience, that there was no spillover to the general public beyond the people who wanted to participate. And now with digital technology and what you say in the public square, Twitter and Facebook can do a great deal of damage to a business that they don't like. Now, I don't really have a problem with them shutting down InfoWars on Facebook because I think InfoWars is reprehensible and I think Laura Loomer's part of that. So that doesn't bother me. But what does make me concerned, which I bring to you, my daughter, for your wise and sage advice, what makes me concerned is is there a line? Uh, because th- there are political opinions that I have that I don't think. Uh, mark zuckerberg has and i
2: don't think you're gonna get banned i think it's a waste of time to do hypotheticals and be like oh but what if someone blah 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 blah," says then we'll deal with it when it comes like there's facebook is unprecedented kind of actually just today the co-founder of facebook like released an op-ed um saying that it needs to be broken down right and and, because it's turning into this giant monopoly thing and Kind of, it's like getting too, too powerful, I guess, sort of. Right. And so there's nothing. I, I just think it's kind of a, a fruitless effort right now to speculate on, oh, what if someone says this and blah, 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 blah.
1: Well, and be- they
2: also got chances, too, I'm pretty sure. I think they got suspended before they got banned pro- altogether, didn't they?
1: Well, I don't know what the process was that led to their final banning. But Chris Hughes, who's the co-founder who wrote the uh, article in, that's uh, posted in the New York Times today. Uh, These are some of the things that he talks about. One of the reasons why Facebook ought to be broken up. Because uh, Facebook has a tremendous amount of power. Facebook has a tremendous amount of ability to move public opinion in ways that are entirely unprecedented. And in the political realm, that's really a powerful sort of tool to be able to have because Donald Trump demonstrated in 2016 that the old way, the old expensive way of using media is completely obsolete. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, Hillary Clinton outspent him by three to one with television ads that nobody watched and that didn't move the needle at all. And Donald Trump, for free, got onto Twitter and said a lot of things that riled up his base and got people motivated. And all of the old school way of doing things has gone by the wayside because these new social media tools, they're far less expensive, they're far more powerful, and they're far more targeted. And the idea... That somebody at some point can say, all right, well, we want to get rid of Alex Jones, clearly. But in 2020, uh, what's to stop them from saying,
2: well, its also, you want to get
1: rid of Donald Trump?
2: I, I don't think it's, 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 because that's so, that's so different. That's, that's just, I don't, like, who, what, am, what are we supposed to say? Are we supposed to just be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. we should make laws that Facebook can't ban anybody and I don't know what you want me to say
1: i don't well i'm not i don't want you to say anything i'm looking for your opinion on this I know i'm this this is clearly not something that has kept you awake at night you're not nervous about what what happens if facebook has too much power
2: well i guess sure i hardly ever use facebook most people i know most people my age don't use facebook
1: right but they use twitter I facebook. you use twitter
2: um yeah but i very specifically try and limit my time on i don't know twitter i can totally see how twitter radicalizes people it's the people with like the most extreme views tweet the most and have the loudest voices and sometimes you can read it you can like be on twitter for a little bit and be like oh my gosh does everyone think this crazy way and then you go into real life and it's like oh no most people don't think that. It's...
1: yeah it's not representative yeah of the public at large so
2: i get why that could be an issue i don't know i just don't i don't know what could be done about that
1: well there was the case of the twitter employee who on his way out shut down donald trump's account
2: right yeah. and, and,
1: and that lasted for an hour or two.
2: Well, the, well the other thing about it is if that donald trump could make another account if i don't know
1: yeah that standard operating procedure for people to just create a new account or create a sock puppet and actually it's something that donald trump himself has a great deal of experience in even in the pre-internet age. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get back from our break. just trying to imagine that scenario that Twitter finally says enough we're sick and tired of Donald Trump and so they ban him and then Donald Trump creates what would he create he actually was his own PR guy he called himself John Barron Do you remember this story no yeah there are recordings of Donald Trump calling the media as a guy named John Barron and he's like yeah yeah this is John Barron uh, Donald Trump, yeah, he's dating a lot of starlets right now. He's really, really hot right now. Everybody's really impressed with him. What? And he just pretended to be How this other guy. How is
2: this our reality? How is that man know. our president?
1: I don't know. I'm trying to imagine Abraham Lincoln doing something like that. I'm trying to imagine Ronald Reagan doing something like that.
2: That literally sounds like straight out of a like a a, a movie or something. Or I guess a, t, like a, a comedy. That's just ridiculous.
1: Well, Donald Trump is nothing if not entertaining. At least he would be entertaining if he weren't president of the United States. But this was something that he did. And so he, he gets banned as the president and then he comes on as somebody else and then they find out. That
2: well, they could never ban him while he's president.
1: Well, they could. No, they won't.
2: They would never. They the, wouldn't. The uproar would be insane.
1: That's correct. That's correct. But it demonstrates the power of these tools and the ability of social media to be able to move the needle in ways that nothing else can. And that gets very frustrating because social media also allows for a number of ridiculous pieces of disinformation to start, start floating out there and have everybody going wow you know Donald Trump is, is guilty of this. Donald Trump borrowed just recently uh, from a meme that talked about a new law in Wisconsin. That was being considered by the state legislature. It was called the Born Alive Act. And the idea was that a baby that survives an abortion needs to be protected by a new law that says you can't get rid of, you can't kill a baby after it's born. And a lot of Democrats oppose the law on the basis that it's unnecessary because right now you can't kill a baby after it's born. Yeah, what? Well, so Donald Trump at a rally in Wisconsin stood up and he said, under the current law, what happens is uh, they have an abortion, and if the baby survives, they pick up the baby, they take care of the baby, they wrap up the baby, and then they decide whether or not they're going to execute the baby. This makes
2: me so mad. Everyone that makes abortion laws has no medical knowledge at all. Like it, it, I get so riled up. That's that's just another reason I have to stay off Twitter. Um, I always get I see like retweets of people tweeting abortion stuff, you know, because I don't follow anybody like that because I mostly just follow dog accounts and stuff. <laughs> but everyone who talks about it, I'm like, you have no idea anything about like embryology or any of it. Like, just take a basic science class, all of you on both sides. Like, oh. Well- the idea that so annoying.
1: Donald Trump would take a basic science class is probably outside the realm of possibility, too. <laughs> I don't
2: know if he knows how abortions work. Do they just, like, what, how, oh, my gosh.
1: Well, okay, so you're Facebook, and you have people sending around memes saying that Wisconsin lets you execute babies after they're born. Does Facebook, okay, the, the, the flip side to the question as to whether or not they should allow it is whether or not they have a responsibility to get rid of it. Do they have a responsibility to shut down that kind of, of hate speech or that kind of disinformation?
2: Um, I don't know. I don't know how Facebook polices things.
1: Well, the, there are all kinds of algorithms that are ridiculously powerful. Case in point, your mother upstairs was on the other computer looking at flights to Cancun. And within five minutes, I started to see ads in my Facebook feed for flights to Cancun.
2: Well, that's not Facebook. That's Google. That's, that's. Well, they like were Facebook Google. ads. Yeah, but they're, they're from, yeah, that's not.
1: But, well... Because
2: I get those on, like, every platform. Right. Like, anywhere I go, I get catered ads. Right. From what I was talking or looking at.
1: Sure. But what that means is that Facebook has tremendous capacity to be able to monitor content and monitor user activity.
2: Whenever I get Facebook ads, I always click... Like, I don't want to see this ad. And then it gives you the drop-down option. It's like, did you already buy this product or it's not? And I always click it's not relevant. And I do that over and over and over again until I get really weird ads (laughs) that I would have no interest in getting. Well, That's how I fight the system.
1: I understand. Well, your Aunt Heidi has decided to go to a lot of flat earth sites because she wants to see ads for flat earth stuff. She thinks that's funny.
2: What kind of stuff are flat earthers selling?
1: I don't know that they're selling anything, but they have sponsored ads to go to their sites where you can find out the square
2: globes.
1: Well, it's actually the world is donut shaped.
2: Donut globes.
1: Donut globes.
2: That sounds. That sounds like that would be a really cute idea for like a themed bakery shop.
1: Donut globes.
2: Well, just like a whole planetarium of of different um, baked goods.
1: All right. Well, you need an earth donut. There you go. I wonder now that we, if we put this out, if we're going to start seeing ads for those very baker shops that are out there and you just didn't know it. Are you excited?
2: No, I'd be bummed because that was my idea.
1: Oh, well, go ahead. All right, off we go. We have a new business platform. And
2: I'll do it for any weddings. So I'll bake you any cakes ever. They'll be not be good, but I will do it.
1: And they will not be themed on anything other than the solar system.
2: That would be so cute, though. You know how they have like wedding toppers of a bride and a groom? And there's, it's just like the, the bride in a dress and the groom in a tux. It could be like astronauts holding hands. Oh, my gosh. Someone call NASA. I'll be the baker for NASA. Well, What okay. are we talking about?
1: <laughs> we've, we've wandered into bakering of, of baked goods. We're talking about the power that Facebook has and do they have a responsibility to monitor the Alex Joneses of the world. And get rid of them and keep them off of the platform.
2: I don't know. Either way, I think Mark Zuckerberg's creepy. He's a robot. I'd, I'm not a fan of him. All right. Have you seen The Social Network, the movie about him? I have not. It's really good. Everyone should watch it.
1: All I know is that the guy who played him in The Social Network played played Lex J- Luthor. Jesse in, Eisenberg. Yeah, he played Lex Luthor in Batman versus Superman. He was also
2: in Zombieland. He was terrible. He was Zombieland terrible. is great.
1: All right. Well, he probably makes he a better wasn't, zombie. He
2: wasn't terrible. The movie was terrible.
1: But he was terrible as Lex Luthor. He was miscast. I, th- I
2: think his I think his script was terrible. I don't think he I think he was trying to like bring something unique and make it interesting, but uh, he was given just garbage to work with.
1: We are going to have to agree to disagree. No, I'm right. Well, so the model about social media is: if it's a public accommodation, then it has to allow anybody to do anything. But if it's a media platform. If it's more like, instead of being like a baker, it is more like the Salt Lake Tribune, right? The Salt Lake Tribune has no responsibility to publish anything it doesn't want to publish.
2: Well, it's, I think you can also choose if your page is like representing a business or if it's your personal Facebook account. I think that makes a huge difference too. So should you
1: be allowed to say racist things in your personal Facebook People page? do all the time. Yes, they do. And Facebook tends to ignore them if they don't have a huge following.
2: It, well, if it's their personal account, because right. I I don't think that. Y- yeah, I I don't. Well, your
1: personal account is also limited to five thousand friends, so so it can't have as wide a reach as the Infowars right. pages. I were.
2: think I think that should play a, play a role in deciding how to um, take care of that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I think the idea. Figuring out where where social media is a public accommodation like a telephone call.
2: Instagram does that too, actually. Now that I'm like, you can choose if it's like a personal page, if it's like a um, a business page, you know. So I think I think that's a step. That's that's like something that they've realized that they needed to do as it gets as like the the line between right business and personal like gets fuzzier and fuzzier.
1: Well, and some very strange things or interesting things are happening in the old media. I mentioned the Salt Lake Tribune, and I want to talk about something that the Salt Lake Tribune has just decided to do. We'll talk about that when we get back from our break. fan of the Salt Lake Tribune?
2: Yeah, they do great work.
1: Well, uh Salt Lake Tribune is the first legacy newspaper. What does that mean? Like old school, old kind of newspaper. Salt okay. Lake Tribune's been around for 150 years. Okay. And they are the first legacy newspaper that have applied to the federal government for nonprofit status. They hmm. want to become a nonprofit organization.
2: What does that mean?
1: It means that they will no longer be subject to federal taxation, and it means that nobody can own them. Right now, they are owned by Paul Huntsman, son of John Huntsman Sr., uh, who who bought it essentially as a public service. He didn't buy it to make money because it's been losing money, as all newspapers are. Newspapers are just falling apart. and. The, the business model for newspapers doesn't work anymore. And the Salt Lake Tribune went through another round of layoffs and they are the first to say, you know, the Salt Lake Tribune is a community asset. It is not a business. It is a community asset. And as such, it needs to be supported by, by donations so people can donate tax deductibly to the Salt Lake Tribune to keep it going. Mm -hmm. This is the way that public media operates. This is the way NPR operates and PBS operates, although they also get grants from the government to do it. I don't know that the Salt Lake Tribune would be able to get those kinds of things. But it's just fascinating to me that this is kind of the business model that they're going towards. And I'm wondering if this is what can save the newspaper industry.
2: I think that'd be cool. I mean, like, newspapers do important work. Like, the New York Times came out with this Trump tax return thing, you know? I don't know of any, like, other conglomerate besides a newspaper that hires reporters specifically that could do that.
1: Right. And and the investigative journalism that newspapers do yeah, or yeah, did yeah. Is, has been fading for quite some time no, now. No,
2: the, the Solid Tribune won the Pulitzer, just a couple years ago for that... Um, BYU honor code story, Remember right? That? Right, yeah. And that, yeah, that change that that is enacting changes still, like that the the effects of that.
1: No, they do good work. They do good things, uh, but the kind of journalism that was popular when I was growing up is is now kind of taking a back seat to Buzzfeed's top nine best ways oh, to make a horse. I don't know. You can't make a horse. Number
2: one, two horses <laughs> having a baby.
1: <laughs> That's the best way. But you know, you you start looking at these kinds of things and say, how do we preserve that old school kind of investigative journalism and the heavy lifting BuzzFeed the-
2: actually has an investigative journalism arm of the company.
1: Yeah. Did they do anything?
2: Yeah, they do. I, I just um I read one like a couple months ago where they were investigating like this uh orphanage run by catholic nuns that a bunch of kids died at okay so yeah there's like cool stuff from buzzfeed but most buzzfeed is garbage
1: well you know your mother's favorite movie is spotlight oh that's such
2: a good movie Such a
1: good movie but the thing is from
2: the globe in boston that was the
1: boston globe that uncovered the uh the sex scandal in the catholic church
2: that's such a good movie
1: but you had these reporters working full-time on a single story and didn't publish anything for months and in a content-hungry internet world, that's very hard to justify. They say, "Look, we need something up right now. We need something up five times every day." And you're telling me you're going to spend months on a single story, uh, you know? So the idea that we're moving to a nonprofit model for that kind of thing, I think it's worth exploring. I don't know where it will lead, but I think it's an interesting way to go. Yeah. So, all uh, you know, kudos to the Salt Lake Tribune, and you know, we are going to do our part here in our hard-hitting investigative journalism in this podcast to be able to bring you the kind of information... I will
2: Google so furiously.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. So until the next time we Google furiously, if you're listening to this podcast on the radio, please be sure to subscribe at the KSL Podcast Center or at iTunes. We are in both places and we hope to see you there. Until next week, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And we'll see you on Dinner Table Politics.
2: Pay your taxes.